It's coming, boy. It's really coming, and a big one, too. While we're talking here, I bet the military's getting all set. <laughs> Got it all mapped out, I bet. Talk is 48 hours. Wait and see if I'm not right. 48 hours, we'll have them aloft. Then whoosh, up, over, and whammo. There goes the enemy. Come on, we're going to go for a joyride. just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. Uh, it's been a little while, but I'm glad to be back. I am Paul, and I'm Kevin. And um, yeah, so so it seems like we took like a summer summer break inadvertently, um, but we're back with some more great Twilight Zone stuff. Yeah, and I didn't even write you guys any letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I didn't even make like I didn't go to camp and make um like the little shitty little whatever like i like dear a, listeners yeah <laughs> <laughs> i had a great summer <laughs> send money no um so no it's, it, <laughs> i well i i yeah, send money please i just uh part of the reason why we were uh, out and about is uh i was out and about getting married so yes please send money i am now embarking on a on a new a new plot twist to my life which you know, <laughs> I'm, now i'm stuck with somebody forever so i don't know if that's a plot twist but i'm happy for now so we'll see Eventually, maybe there will be the Rod Serling twist. I hope not. That'd be really sad. <laughs> well, hopefully not this twist, because that would make little sense. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, we're we're talking about um, Third from the Sun. Uh, this is uh, the second uh, Matheson episode that or story we should say that we're going to be dealing with. So, um, yeah, let me. Just... What was the first one? Uh, Disappearing Act. Uh, uh, when the sky was opened, which was just, oh, and yeah. yeah, disappearing act was uh, other guy. Um, yes, okay, yeah, no, I think that was yeah, you're right. I, yeah, anyway, it's it's been a little while, so if you guys go back like a couple episodes, it sounds like there's not been a gap, but mentally there's been a large gap. Uh, so air date, this was uh, January eighth, nineteen sixty. So we're moving boldly into the sixties here. Um, number one song. Um, was Mac the Knife? No, I'm, I'm joking. It's not Mac the Knife. Oh God! It was. Uh, it's like, wait, where where are we? What year is it? <laughs> it's Marty Robbins' El Paso is the number one song. Oh, all right. Yeah. Here we go. Um, it's one of my favorites. And isn't this? Um, it was Marty Robbins that they had one of his songs at the end of Breaking Bad, right? That was one of the ones uh, they used. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Just another different show. Um, number one film was Ben Hur. Uh, versus what the Ben Hur that just came out this year that flopped completely, um, yeah. yeah. And so uh, let's see. Here. I the only thing I could find relating to the week that I thought was interesting was actually taking place the day before on the seventh, where it said um, a Polaris missile reached its target using its own internal guidance system uh, rather huh. than being directed from a ground station. So this shows like there was starting to be a jump in technology and long distance warfare 
which I feel is kind of appropriate to what we're going to be talking about. Definitely. So, so I thought that was interesting um, in regards to Serling again, kind of had his finger on the, the button, no pun intended, of like what was going on with the world at the time. So Yeah. Uh, uh, any birthdays? I feel like it's been a while since we've had an interesting birthday. Uh, I didn't find anything. Yeah, um, I couldn't find anything either. Yeah, let's see here. What else did I have here? Uh, just that there, the Soviet Union also announced that they'd be testing long-range rockets. So it's like the U.S. Yeah. had their successful missile launch, and the, the Soviets are like, oh, by the way, we're doing that too, um, which that will tie into something later I'm going to uh, mention when we start talking about this, the story a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that ties directly into this episode. So. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, did we just want to go ahead and get into uh, cast and crew? Yeah, sure. This episode was I'll, – I'll, I'll jump in on the director here. Uh, Richard L. Bear. And uh, he did a great movie. I just wanted to bring it up. I think I teased it last uh, last week, last episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's a movie called Wicked Wicked, which is shot with. Uh, it, it's basically a side by side, and you see the killer's perspective and the victim's perspective. It's uh, not the best film, but really interesting concept. I purchased it blindly at a movie convention here in Cleveland, which is actually happening tomorrow night, um, and. Uh, I really fell in love with the movie. It's just something I'd never seen before. And I, I was so excited to see this pop up with this director. And yeah. then uh, it did a lot of TV work and six other episodes of The Twilight Zone. But yeah, Wicked Wicked. If you can get your hands on a copy of it, which I think is kind of hard to find, um, I definitely recommend it. Um, I found out that he directed almost every episode of Green Acres, which is kind of an odd distinction uh-huh. to have. And also, yeah. he lived to be 101. He passed away uh, last year, actually, in March. Wow. So, oh, um, yeah. So he was around for a while. But the, the Wicked Wicked, you're, you mentioned that to me, and I'd watched the trailer for it. That is, there There was a, uh, an odd time where people were taking advances in filmmaking technology and trying like these these concept films that didn't quite stick the landing, but they're, they're cool yeah. that they're out there. And yeah, it's just like an interesting like time capsule, you know, like this existed <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like it or not. Here it is, you know, um, which it, it works for me. I like it. Well, I mean, even to go back further, like, I mean, it was called it was called Duo Vision. That yeah. was the uh, <laughs> well, some of the original films put out like Abel Gates's Napoleon was three, three screens at once, you know. So, I mean, this yeah. has been well, that you was know, Cinerama. Where yeah, they would have they would. Uh, basically rig up three cameras together and shoot the film with three reels of film at the same time. Like that's so expensive <laughs> and all those movies are like three hours long. It's out of control. Yeah. It's, uh, but I just think it's interesting that the, the further we go along, those ideas keep coming back where there's these different like odd concepts, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I just, um, yeah. Now we got, uh, what is it at, uh, is it AMC theaters? They have those, uh, 4d chairs now that move and like, have speakers in the chair have you seen those yeah i um did something similar to that when i was just out in vegas uh at the the madame tussauds wax museum they had a 4d theater type of experience with like a marvel's avengers thing where the the seats uh shook and then like there was different effects going on and it was actually really cool so yeah Yeah. i mean this is something this is just in like your regular movie theater though there's just like moving chairs in a certain row just, do, do you think they offer these with like the like the dramas that happen where it's like you know you're just watching <laughs> you know it's um i don't know like you'll be watching um spotlight and it's like oh the chair's moving when they find out the revelation of what's going on with the, the catholic church i don't i don't think they do that but that'd be the funny chair, the chair just lightly caresses your leg or something <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> it's like it's like does anybody else's like does anybody else feel that awkward touch in the back of the neck no that was just me all right anyway okay <laughs> um anyway 
so uh, yeah, so let's move on. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, yeah, the episode was written by Rod Serling and based on a uh, short story with the same name by Richard Matheson, which we just uh, kind of went over. Cast, we got Fritz Weaver playing as uh, main character William Sturka, who was in Creepshow. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, that's the only one I really recognized him from. He was in a few other things I like, but I, I couldn't tell you what character he was. Uh, the snake movie called Jaws of Satan from the 70s. Um, nice little grindhouse film. And uh, Marathon Man. And uh, two episodes of The X-Files, I found out. And then also in Demon huh. Seed, it was that 77 movie about the smart home that trapped oh, the woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just mentioned that yeah, because I, it was based on a Dean Koontz book, which I keep throwing back that that's where I got the name for our show from. So it's always interesting how it all kind of comes around. Great connection. Yeah. <laughs> Smart <laughs> home, 1977. Yeah. All right. Um, I, was, I wasn't being sarcastic. Oh, but, I thought uh, you were... <laughs> <laughs> It was a great connection. Okay. Um, Edward Andrews playing uh, Carling, who uh, most notably was the guy trying to buy Gizmo and Gremlins. Right? Yeah, that was his that last was his movie. character, yeah. right? He was the one that kept trying to come and uh, buy him, right? Yeah, that you're right. That's uh, you're absolutely right. I also got him confused easily with the warden from the Shawshank Redemption repeatedly as I was watching this. Mm-hmm. He looked a lot like him, which I know that's not the well, same actor. Same mannerisms yeah. too, kind of. Um, yeah, he was also in Sixteen Candles and one other Twilight Zone episode. And, uh, yeah, the the one called the car that I ended up watching for while I was trying to come up with just information for this show and. We'll get to that later. I wasn't a fan of that episode, but yeah, <laughs> I, I recognized him get from that. Get to it in four years. In four years. Maybe I'll feel differently then. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, then the rest of the cast I wasn't too familiar with, but I'll ramble them off. Joe Maross plays Jerry Ryden. Uh, Denise Alexander plays Jody Sterka. Lori March plays Eve Sterka. And Gene Evans as Ann Ryden. Um, so. so two things I want to mention real quick about uh, Joe Maross. I thought this was a fun sure. little bit. Uh, he was part of the Academy um, for the voting for the the Oscars, and he was reported to be really enthusiastic about getting screeners for the DVDs from the studios. So he was really excited <laughs> just to get movies sent to him so he could watch them. So he could was vote. that like an IMDb uh, trivia about him or something? Was like that or really, really excited it. to get free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, um, uh, Anne Ryden was in a movie in 1956 called The She Creature. Um, Gene Evans. Uh, yes. Um, yes. Sorry, that's her character, Gene Evans, you're right. Uh, the, the synopsis is a mysterious hypnotist reverts his beautiful assistant back into a, the form of a prehistoric sea monster that she was in a past life. We need to watch that movie. I think I own it. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I think I have to, like two copies of it on those like uh, uh, Mill Creek, like hundred horror movie box sets or something. Oh, so there you go. I just love that description of that of that um, <laughs> of that What's movie, it? though. What's her name again? Uh, Jean, uh, Jean, uh, Janine Evans. Jean Ann Evans. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's, uh, that's your cast and crew. Um, so, yeah, let's just go ahead. We'll get to, uh, to Mr. Serling here. Quitting time at the plant. Time for supper now. Time for families. Time for a cool drink on a porch. Time for the quiet rustle of leaf-laden trees that screen out the moon. And underneath it all, behind the eyes of the men, hanging invisible over the summer night, is a horror without words. For this is the stillness before storm. This is the eve of the end. 
that's really hopeful music for talking about the end of the world there at the yeah. very end. Um, so, so yeah, that, 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 that's, that's Serling. That's uh, starting off the episode. Did you want to give um, a kind of a, get us started here on where we're at? Sure. All right. So we got uh, William Sturka works at a military weapons plant. Um, and he's, he's kind of seeing a ramp up of production. So he knows time is getting short before they're going to basically start. I don't know if they explicitly say that it's going to be like a nuclear holocaust. Did do you remember them saying exactly what was going to be going on? It just I mean you get the idea from him and um oh uh, Carlin. 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 Yeah. Um that that something's going to happen within 48 hours where they're going to launch first whatever it is and that's going to hit the enemy hard enough to where that they can retaliate but not as effectively so basically they're playing a numbers game of we hit them first they may get some of us but not all of us yeah so it's some kind of big large scale going to destroy the world attack yeah so um, Sturka goes home from work and, uh, you can see he's visibly shaken by the news that, uh, basically the world's going to be ending within 48 hours. So he goes home to his daughter and his wife and, uh, we find out that one of his coworkers is going to come over and they are going to steal an experimental aircraft that can go outside of the earth's atmosphere and leave to another planet. So that's basically it, kind of ignoring plot twists in there. Um, I'm sure we'll get to spoilers eventually here, but that's that's kind of the main gist of it. And then you get the whole uh, notion the entire time that Carling knows something's going on. And yeah, he, keeps, he kind he of showing pops up. up the whole yeah. episode, which I, I love. Just kind of invites himself into the, into his house and everything while they're playing cards. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of great tension building in this. I I was. I was really impressed with certain aspects of this episode. Yeah, I liked, I mean, the the, the lead, uh, um, Fritz Weaver, he did a really good job of, of being uneasy the entire time. Um, yeah, he, he is definitely the standout in this. And I just, I just like the way he carried himself. Where it's like you, he's a man that has I mean, literally like the, the weight of the world on his shoulders. Not, I guess, not literally. I guess figuratively. Um, and he knows that he's trying to do what's best, but also keep up appearances, which that's always a fun, fun tension to have in a story where you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, and that, that's, yeah. he does a good job with that. And I, and I love how they kind of give like time frame. So we got, we know that within two days, the world's going to basically end. Um, so you got that kind of tension going where there's a crunch to get out of this planet <laughs> i was gonna say the house but um <laughs> just get out of the planet you know by the time the world ends but they also give time frames where his friend uh jerry ryden comes over and they kind of go over the plan of what's going to be happening and you find out that they paid a guard to get into the uh airfield where the ship is being stored which is not being stored very well no it's uh literally just like sitting out in the middle of a field with a bunch of spotlights like illuminating it <laughs> for, for experimental aircraft that no one's supposed to know about it seems like everybody mm-hmm. knows about it yeah you know? um it um, also yeah, so, yeah. It, sorry go ahead it, it, I've just finished my thought with uh, them planning. So you find out that he paid a guard off, but that guard is going to be leaving. He had to switch shifts or something, so he's going to be leaving earlier. So it kind of pushed up their time frame. So I, I kind of I love how they give it 
like there's a sense of urgency to everything in this episode. What do you think happened? The guards like, oh well, shit, the world's going to end in 48 hours. I should probably go home early today. Like I'm like I'm not committed to my job so much right now. I, I think I could trade shifts. This yeah, makes me wonder, probably because no one else, no one else was acting like when people were leaving. There's a really good shot at the beginning with people leaving for the day, and like the the guards are checking off the employees as they're going. There's there. I never got a sense of unease from anybody else, and they're all working here, and they all know what they're making. So you think that, I mean, like the, the daughter speaks of how everyone's kind of worried, but I didn't really pick up on that from anybody else thinking that, like, do they think that they're in a safe zone just because they're working for this entity that's going to launch first? It just, it, it didn't seem very, I don't know, the, 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 his family was worried and, and the um, Ryden family was worried, but no one else was. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a nitpick, though. I, 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 I watched this twice, and I didn't really have that uh, that issue or thought. You know, I just kind of figured he's our main character. Like, of course, he's got to be different. He's got to stand out from the rest of the crew. You know. Yeah, I mean, he was also trying to absolve his conscience. Like, whenever um, his daughter was asking about what he does for work, and he's like, "Well, basically, I'm a small cog in this wheel," and he's trying to justify. Like he's working there, but he's only responsible for like one one minor portion of how this is going to kill all these people, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's is that still a good enough justification for any involvement, you know? Uh, and I think he knows it's kind of a lie. I think he's just kind of telling himself that so he can still feel like sane as he's trying to get out of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of interesting things to say about uh, humanity and uh, just uh, wartime in general. You know, like, is complacency, uh, does that make you guilty and everything during wartime and all that, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're, they're, Yeah, no, very and, interesting stuff. And there's a whole Cold War vibe going on, like, with the secrecy and the plotting. Definitely. And um, also, my question to you is, how large of a drill do you need to work on a pocket watch? Like, <laughs> Yeah, he turns on, like, a huge power <laughs> drill. I think it's crazy. He's like, let me get some rust off of this watch and let me just fire up half the house. So we could talk and <laughs> talk in secret. That uh, whole scene where he's secretly trying to discuss the plan with uh, Raiden and uh, they're just like yelling about other things. And it's like, I don't even think the daughter cares. Like, I don't it's like it. They don't give the impression that she's like outside of the door or anything. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it's, it's you're right. It's a lot. Of, it seems like it's a lot of work because uh, even though it's, it's implied that everybody's listening, it's the only time it's really other than um uh, carling creeping through the window and looking at him uh yeah. there there is that oddly timed phone call at the end whenever the his place of business is calling him in and it seems like that was uh really well timed to 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 mess with their plan like almost as if they knew that they're trying to get out of there um but that's kind of jumping ahead um i loved the the un um the uneven camera angles throughout most of the conversations it kept everything very uneasy when you had yeah, which interacting has with each other. been kind of a reoccurring uh, stylistic uh, choice through a lot of the episodes recently. And I, I think we're finally getting into that Twilight Zone stride. Yeah, where it's like you, you know what an episode's supposed to feel or look like, I guess. And then also there's that really cool moment where they're playing cards and the camera keeps shifting between the adults. And it made me think of that 70s show whenever they'd be in the basement. <laughs> yeah, where it was just spinning around going to each one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Well... With the twist and everything in this episode, I don't know if you want to get into it yet. That's fine. No, it, it feels like um, we kind of got to talk about it because I do have some uh, I do have some issues with this twist. Yeah, but, I do as well. But there's also some things that deal with the twist that I like early on. Um, once you 
may or may not guess it or figure it out at the end. Like going back and rewatching it again, there's some things I really like. Um, so spoilers here out. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, so it turns out after they leave on the experimental spacecraft or airplane, whatever you want to call it, it's a UFO. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a pie plate. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so once they're up there, he's like, ah, here it is. We're going to this planet. It's a third planet from the or third planet from the sun. And it's named Earth. So you find out that these people were aliens on another planet and they're leaving their planet, which is about to be destroyed by, uh, I guess, humanity. <laughs> yeah. So I guess with the twist is not humanity. But um, you find out that they're going to Earth. So that's their whole twist. Um, the thing I really like about this is going back through the episode, they go out of their way not to show much of the environment they're in. And when you're in the house, the music that he comes home to is very familiar, but different. It's it's like something I've never heard before. It's almost like exotica, like the tiki music I love, but it's it's off. Did yeah. you notice that? I was going to say that it took my second viewing of this because, I mean, the first time you watch it, you just kind of roll with it because it's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, this is yeah, a, it's a whatever. strange, it's just strange situation. Lounge music, whatever. Um, but the music was weird. There was there was odd bits of sculpture around that were very. Yeah, I was like, going to bring up all the statues in the house were like just weird, uh, otherworldly shapes. And and the and phone, even, the phone was a weird yeah. shape too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those those were I've seen those at the antique store I believe so. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it's not your typical like I'm sure that when they were doing the set designs like that looks weird. Let's just grab it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're right. Like there was like they were trying to show you that this is a different world. Um, however, they were still playing like bridge. They were still having lemonade. Um, <laughs> everyone was wearing pants. Like it was just all these weird things that are just like wait who who created this part of like did did they bring that with them to Earth where it's like hey guys. We're, we're from another planet and we've brought cake. Like I just seemed like, I don't know. There was a lot of, um, it's it, once you know, it's a different planet. There's a lot of it that felt very, very familiar, you know? And it yeah, just, um, but also I kind of like the thought, I know it's been broached before within uh, sci-fi, but, uh, the idea if like life on planets is, it's that delicate. Like the idea that there might be another planet out there, that has the same basically biological structure as earth um like could have spawned something similar to where we're at now like you know in the infinite infinite possibilities of the universe like the, that there might be one planet that is that similar that has had that similar of a course that was born at the same time you know like i kind of like that idea well, that it's just kind of like an alternate reality to what we have on another planet because I mean, realistically, physics would still be the same. Like you know, chemistry still the same, no matter where you're at. So I yeah, mean, you know. So you're saying that you know, it's the it's the million monkeys with a million typewriters thing. It's like eventually you're going to hit upon a lot of the same ideas. Yeah. Um, so I I know it's been covered before. I I'm trying to think of uh, where I've seen that idea, but I know it's been broached before. Um, it, I I kind of liked it, and I was able to forgive it. You know, you're talking about lemonade and stuff, and <laughs> it. I mean, the idea that language would end up the same is kind of ridiculous. But again, we're talking about a show from 1960. Like <laughs> even even Jerry uh, said that like they picked up the language from this other planet. It's similar to ours, he said, and that you can and they started to translate a little bit of it. It's like, all right, I'll forgive that too. Um, I also I picked up one that um Sturka's wife, her first name was Eve. 
Like the second time I watched it, I'm like, well, there you go. Like it just, there's very, you know, starting over again ideas there, you know. And um, but yeah, I mean, like I. I will forgive it because of this was what 1959 when when this was made and like the, just the the twist that was coming I'm sure when people watched it were like what just happened because it feels like it's one of those big ones that we kind of put in the same bucket as like you know time enough at last but for some reason the whole like it was earth the entire time has been used so much um or like we're going to earth it, that that doesn't have the same impact now you yeah know? I couldn't remember if I had seen this before um but I I was able to guess early on what was going to happen. Like, I feel like it was pretty evident what was happening. Um, yeah. Again, I, I maybe I've seen it before, so it was just in my mind. <laughs> um, uh, well, but, the, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's OK. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to mention I, I put here in my notes um, two things. One, uh, the, the ship that the interior that they use was from the movie Forbidden Planet. So ah, yeah. that that's like it was them like, hey, this is already built. Let's just use that. So that that kind of made sense. Also, I was doing a little bit of history, uh, looking at things um, with uh, when the people at Oak Ridge and um, was it Tennessee when they the Manhattan Project, when they're working on it. It was so yeah. segmented that each department didn't know what they were doing. Like so they were working on one little thing. And so the only reason that the people there knew what they actually were all working on was whenever the first atomic bomb was dropped on Japan. Then it all kind of clicked with everybody working. Like they realized that they were making this weapon of mass destruction. Up to that point, they had no idea. So I guess yeah. the Sturka's defense. I just said said that earlier that maybe not everybody knew what they were doing. Um, yeah. So that yeah, that and was like I said, he's the main character, so he's he's gonna be different. You know, he's he's gonna be the one that figures it out. Um. Yeah, but I, I honestly, I, I like the episode. I like the whole buildup. The point where it loses me is the twist. The episode kind of just fizzles from the twist on. Like, and you're, it's, it leaves you with that feeling. Like, is that it? Like, yeah, that's, that's you feel it. like you feel like there should be like sure. like one more step, like somehow like Carling got on board or something. Like you want like that whole like, well, they've escaped. Like they're they're better. They're 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 hoping for a better future from leaving this planet that's in destruction. And like mm-hmm. they're they're not bringing any darkness with them. Like they're, you always expect that little bit more to go with it to be like, oh, they're safe, but maybe not. You know. Um, or they see Earth itself explode. Like that would have been like mind blowing at the time. But like, well, shit, oh, that, that planet's gone now too. What are we gonna do? Yeah. That would be a sterling change <laughs> to the story. <laughs> Them what? just stuck out in space for the rest of their uh, lives. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> because uh, our Earth uh, destroyed themselves as well at the same time, and that would go with my theory of uh, infinite possibilities, where there's the same uh, planet basically out there with like an alternate reality yeah. of what we have and we both ended up destroying the planet at the exact same time <laughs> like they get a radio broadcast incredible where it's ta- they, they're like they translate it and it's like oh no they're doing the same thing that we just did you know like that would be yeah <laughs> that would have been funny but it also would have been really dark here right? we go again rewriting uh, yeah i love it yeah um, it, it would have been but again I could have totally seen Serling going in that direction. <laughs> so now to yeah, that would have been amazing. But so um, the, to give this a little bit more look towards the future. Uh, so this was uh, 1960 when this came out. I, I just uh, looked it up. Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis happened in 1962. So we're less than two yeah, years we're away a bit, from. Yeah, a little bit away from it still. Yeah. But like this whole idea of like, you know, things ramping up and people being scared 
it's like it, it this is this was their backyard you know and it's very it's 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 crazy to think about how like how close we got to a similar situation and that hasn't happened yet in the terms of when the show was like released you know yeah well in 1960 i was reading a little bit up a few episodes ago when we covered the cold war subject a little bit um 1960 is kind of when soviet union introduced the idea of having nuclear weapons as a defense mechanism just to have them to stop somebody else from firing theirs. Okay. So, so, like, so the whole idea of like you, you keep them around to let people know the threat's real, but you know, it's a deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Deterrent was the word I think they used. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that goes right to the story where they're like, Oh, we're, we're going to shoot this and they're going to shoot theirs off right back at us, you know? And that was the Soviet union's thought, you know, we're going to have these so no one will shoot them because they know that we're going to fire back because we have them. Yeah. So, and that was 1960 that that was introduced. So, I mean, like that whole plan of action happened right after this episode was released. Yeah, it's. I mean, can you think of? Um, I guess. I mean, I guess you're seeing it now still with like the the new t- new TV shows coming out in the fall. There's there's some stuff that's a little bit current, but it just feels like I'm not seeing anything that's as much like real time story wise to what like what's going on. It just maybe maybe yeah. South Park's doing it a little bit with the politics stuff, but <laughs> yeah. that's not exactly that, that that's not fair to Twilight Zone saying that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I I think movies are doing it more so. Because you got like was that thirteen hours movie that just came out about the whole Benghazi situation? Um, we've had a, a few movies that have dealt with our whole situation in Iraq with Hurt Locker and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't think of any TV shows that really do that. I'm sure Mr. Robot maybe kind of hits some uh, current subjects. Yeah, I mean, this it it feels like there's just, I mean, considering how, I mean, we, we've talked about, like, how quickly these episodes were made, but in terms of, like, just ramping up the production and writing the scripts and everything, it just feels like this was, like, oddly, like, it was right place, right time, right? So, yeah. like, it was very, and the, and the more we dig into this, um, the, the more I'm amazed, like, how relevant it really was. And you could say it was relevant and look back hindsight 50 years, but to try to put yourself in that point in time, watching that TV show as entertainment, like that has to be, you know, it's almost like, um, it's, it's almost like you, you better watch this as a science fiction story. Cause you don't want to think of the reality that really is going on, you know, yeah. like, and that's, that's, and, um, yeah. And I'm going to give all the credit in the world to, uh, Richard Matheson and Rod Serling. Cause I mean, they, they had their finger on the pulse. Yeah, no doubt. You know, this wasn't accidental. You know, a lot of times you can kind of see stuff about the era just because it it's 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 kind of pervasive into the story. You know, whether or not that's uh, intentional or not, sometimes can be argued. But with these two writers, like it is definitely an an intentional thought. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of it. Like this episode I liked, I guess it's more I like the ideas behind the episode more so than I, I think necessarily like. The, the 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 through line i guess i mean i enjoyed the performances um you know the main character was was solid the the, the carling was just wonderfully annoying um yeah. I, I you know the whole tension of him walking on the card game and, and picking up the piece of paper which i'm i'm sure you could have saw through the, the the you know like the the writing on the back of that paper you would have saw that by picking it up but whatever <laughs> well he knew yeah he didn't have to flip it over and That's that was true. the kind of fun part about that and then we didn't really talk about the twist when they show up to the airfield and they think they're talking to their contact there um it ends up being carling again who comes out with a gun at them and is trying to take him into the police 
Yeah, it was a nice little moment of just like, screw you, where he held the, the flashlight up to his own face just to make sure that you knew that he knew that you saw it was him. I thought that was kind of kind of awesome. Also, like the one thing about this plan that's different other than their music and their art is that everyone gets knocked out super easily. So oh, yeah. did you like like when they were um, they knocked him out and then when they rushed up to the 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 spaceship the two guards there it just took like one kick to the face and they were down like that well, was well maybe maybe that's one of the minor differences between our planet and theirs is that they have really like thin skulls or something <laughs> so <laughs> it just um, I just thought it was funny it's like they were all just out real quick um, and also another weird thing too did you notice did you hear the sound the car made while it was being driven it was, it, it sounded like a jet as opposed to a car. Like it yeah, had a, a I didn't, very I didn't really sound. think about that, but yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, so I mean, they were trying, they were really trying to, to give you like ideas that this is not where we think it is, which, you know, I, I dig that. Because um, I guess if you went to Alien, then the twist would be really easy to see, right? Um, yeah, and I think it was pretty easy to see anyway. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I think they did a great job kind of building up the tension throughout. Um, once the twist comes and you kind of figure it out, especially when you see the, experimental aircraft that they're getting into like you start thinking about it and you're like ah yeah yeah i think i see where this is going now you know and the title of the episode which um if you didn't know the title of the episode maybe the twist would be harder to figure out but like as soon as you think about what when you think about them leaving the planet and you think of third from the sun you're like why is this episode called that it's like well that's where they're traveling to you know oh this is an alien planet you know like things start clicking as you're watching the episode so the twist isn't as uh exciting as it probably could have been yeah so let's yeah let's go ahead we'll rate the twist right now since we keep talking about it Um, I'm going to be a little bit more forgiving as it's from as much as I keep like nitpicking the episode. I think, I think I will too. <laughs> I'm going to give this a four out of five just for the time it aired and the context in which it was aired. Otherwise though, it's, I don't think it's a very good twist, but I think if it's the first time that you're encountering this idea of we're leaving to head to earth, that was probably pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I always try and look at this with a eye to, uh, what it would have felt like to watch this at that time. It, it, it's something you got to do when you watch older uh, media. But uh, I'm going to be difficult and give it a 3.9. <laughs> oh, first decimal point on the show. I like it. So it's not quite a four, but because not- I like it, but I don't. I don't want to give it a four. Like we're going to get to some fours soon. I think. Well, then, um, then I didn't know we could do decimals. I might have to go back and change all of these then. No, I'm, I'm yeah. joking. There's no rules. <laughs> yeah, there's We're no in the rules. the Twilight Zone. <laughs> We've been sucked into a portal, don't you remember? That's right. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to some weird music right now, stare at some weird art, and then think of whatever numbers I want to think of. Um, I'm just going to get some lemonade. <laughs> some space lemonade. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, any anything else? I mean, I feel like this was... Um, pretty straightforward episode i mean i know i say that a lot because these are really they're small but i I just it the conflict was identified uh the main characters carried it really well uh you're right the ending was kind of kind of there but i mean overall i mean i don't know what else much to say about it yeah there's a lot to love outside of the problems that this episode has um and this is one i feel like is uh pretty well renowned within the the series so I, I definitely recommend watching this one. I, 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 I'll watch this one again for sure. This will be one that's kind of memorable. 
Yeah, like I just I want to go buy one of those buttons that the guy had, like his inspector button. I think yeah. that thing was awesome. <laughs> like I just want one of those, just without explanation. I just want to have that on a jacket or something. Because if I, I, I had that. a house phone, I would buy that phone. <laughs> you should just get a, just get a cell phone that looks like that and carry that with you everywhere. I'm sure <laughs> no one will, will think twice about that. Um, but yeah, no, it was a uh, it was it was cool. Um, and then so it feels like we. There, there's this uh, we just did recently and the sky was open, which was more of a like kind of a sci-fi one, which wasn't necessarily a UFO, but experimental aircraft. This one, you know, the people were watching were the aliens. And the next episode, which I have not seen, I think does deal also with UFOs called a shot an arrow into the air. So I feel like we're kind of in a lot of um, alien uh, sci-fi episodes right now, as opposed to more of the, the supernatural things. Yeah, I have not seen the next one either. The one after that is the Hitchhiker, though, which oh, I have seen. Yeah, I've seen that so, one a few times. That's a good one. Fun. So um, yeah, so next episode, I shot an arrow into the air. Yes. All right. So um, yeah, Kevin, let let people know how they can get a hold of us. You know, in between. Oh man, b- how can episodes. you get a hold of us? Yeah. It's been so long. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Strange Highways. Um, you can like us on there. Keep up with the show. Paul uh, usually posts fun stuff on there. Again, uh, we've been. Oh, there is something new up there. When was that? Uh, well, a few I posted. Yeah, just like was it uh, two weeks ago? Talking about how yeah. we we're going to be. I, and if you look, it's the photo of uh, Carling creeping into uh, like looking through the window. <laughs> and I, and <laughs> no, I paused that just right so you just see his eyes, his hat. Like it was. I thought it was a wonderful image to have to tell people like, hey, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Um, apparently i need to follow the page because i didn't even see that that's fun oh yeah oh uh, nice little reference to talk with that rhythm on there yeah he's got a he's got a great lineup for this october so definitely check them out um you can always write us email at strange highways podcast at gmail.com that's right podcast that's right yeah yes i got it um and then please if you feel so inclined rate us and review us on itunes and subscribe on there and we're also available on Stitcher Radio. Yeah, so please, uh, the the more support, um, the more people get the, you know, the chance to to hear this and have some fun and interact with us. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm enjoying this. Also, real quick, just want to mention here's some surprise news that Kevin may not know about, but I'm just going to mention this because I know we've just been doing Twilight Zone. We've talked about doing other things sometimes on Chiller, which is that like um, subscribe um, whatever like a Netflix for horror movies. They have now gotten um, the rights to all Tales from the Dark Side TV show. So like Ooh. all 89 episodes are going to be on Chiller. So that might be something that we might want to take a look at because there's some – that was one of those shows. Like you talk about Twilight Zone being influential. Um, Tales from the Dark Side was on syndication when I was a kid, and that intro music scared the crap out of me. So that one, that one, you know, bothered me more as a kid than the Twilight Zone. I think it was because those episodes were current and they were in color, which I know that sounds silly being a kid, but that seems more real to me when I was watching TV as a kid. So there's yeah. some really messed up episodes there too. Yeah, and I also saw at uh, Walmart they have the complete. No, it was Best Buy. They have the complete Friday the Thirteenth series for like thirty bucks. Oh wow, that would yeah, be a so. fun one too. I, I was I was tempted, but yeah, I think we're about we got one, two, three, we got four more episodes. And we're halfway through the season, so I think once we hit that halfway point, we'll do a little break in the season. We'll cover uh, something a little bit out of our norm. So. Yeah, and if people have suggestions, please let us know. Like I, I yeah, would be so down. you got you got four weeks or so to get us some suggestions. So four, four let us weeks, know if there's uh, anthologies or something that you guys want to hear us cover. I, I think it'll be fun to step away for a week just to do something a little bit different yeah absolutely so 
Um, yeah, uh, I think that's that's going to do it for this episode. I'm glad to be back. I am excited to to be doing this again with you. I I, I enjoy these conversations about Twilight Zone because it feels like it's like oh, I want to watch it and just talk to you about it immediately. You know, so I've been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting a month to talk to you about this one. So yeah, and um, I, I've talked to some people listening to the show, and uh, they're they're excited to jump back in as well too. So I'm glad uh, people are following along at home. Yeah. So, all right. So that, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, next week, it will be I Shot an Arrow into the Air. And um, in the meantime, listen to some weird music, have some lemonade, and uh, um, some homemade cake is what she said. So just enjoy that. Mm, cake. Unauthorized vehicle and requested to halt.